this race is called The Juggle. It's from John O'Groats to Land's End. It's 860 miles and you have to average 50 miles a day for 17 days. This virus hit and it all went to pot, but the race was a go. How many days had you done before it was stopped? So it started on the Friday. First day was 35 miles. Second day was something like 45 miles or 50 miles. Sunday was just about 50 miles. And then we got the news that race had to be canceled. It wasn't because necessary because of the coronavirus. It was because the organizers, and they got negative uh, comments. At that point, we decided we can't. We can't travel, uh, run down to Fort William with all these threats and really nasty messages. Hi, my name is Michelle Lewis. 10 years ago, you'd have been lucky to see me run to the end of the road. These days, running is second nature to me. From marathons to park runs to putting my own running group through their paces, you'll often see me in suitably loud attire, getting ready to pound the pavements. And here's a secret. If I can do it, you can too. There's so many wonderful and inspiring stories in the world of running. And not just running, some of my favourite tales involve those who take to their wheelchairs, bikes or simply their own trusty feet in an attempt to get fitter, faster or just have some fun. In this podcast, I'm going to be in conversation with some of the most inspiring and fascinating of these people. Remember, it's your time, your speed, your way. The only person you need to keep up with is yourself. On this week's podcast, I've got Michael Williams from Northampton Road Runners and also a Northampton Park runner. I don't know much about Michael, so I'm quite looking forward to having a chat with him. The reason why is this is a man that I know even this year in 2020 has done quite a lot of miles. So without further ado, let's find out who is Michael Williams. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So can you just tell us then, I know you from Northampton Park Run. Basically, can you just tell us your running history? Well, yeah, I started running like the, the uh, Park Run 2012, I think it started. So the first year it started, I was, I was running it. So I've been running, not since then, even going back further, I, was, I, was run, uh, I started running in 2002. My sister died of pancreatic cancer. And at the time I was a member of a gym. I decided uh, to run for cancer research. Yes. So in 2004, I did my first marathon. At the end of that marathon, I said, no way am I going to do anything else, any more running. We all say that. We all say that. (laughs) Three weeks later, uh, I was booking my next marathon for the next year. And... I kept on doing that and it ended up doing 10 London marathons for a charity called AICR, which is a cancer research charity that researches into uh, minority cancers. So I, I stuck with them for 10 years and raised over £20,000, I think it was. So, so if I could stop you there. So really what got you running 
was your sis the grief of your sister before that you wouldn't get your trainers on and run around a park what was your exercise before that yeah i was like i say i was a member of a gym uh at Mearway. so you're fairly fit but yeah, running so itself wasn't wasn't doing much running outside yes but, yeah so uh then I, like i say i decided to uh run the marathon and started training and realised you just can't get in just like that. So I had to go through the ballot. I didn't get in through the ballot. Eventually got a place with this charity. Is this your first marathon we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, your first one. My first marathon for Golden, I think it's Golden Ticket Place uh, for these charities. Uh, and so was this, is this the London marathon we're talking London about? Marathon. Okay, yes. And my second marathon was in New York, believe it or not. Wow, I'm meant to be doing New York this year, so please don't talk about that just yet <laughs> with everything going on. <laughs> yeah. you, you went from doing London to the following year thinking, well, three weeks later, I'm never doing that again. Oh, hang on. Yes, I will. I'll do an international one. I'll just go and do New York, which has 50,000 runners. What yeah. made you, three weeks later after your first marathon, suddenly change your mind to then enter a bigger marathon no no it leaves a hole doesn't it when you when you do a marathon i don't anybody who ever's done a, run a marathon may say at the time you know no way am i going to run another marathon but and then after that you you kind of the next the week after my marathons anyway i, I feel a bit down because i want you know i want to do the next thing, thing. the next two or three weeks i was thinking i've got to do it again you know it was, i really enjoyed <laughs> You forget the pain you go through and uh, you want to do it again. And yeah, so from there, it just kind of built up. And So at that point, you was only doing one marathon a year. So your first yes. 10 marathons. Just so the listeners well, know. Not, not necessarily you, one marathon no. a year. There, there was maybe three or four years in that 10 years where I, I may have done a couple of marathons. So but what was it that made you continue doing the marathon? Is it the fact that you felt it was still a challenge to you? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, definitely a challenge, challenge to anybody. And I think I'd done Silverstone half marathon leading up to the London uh, about eight or nine times as well. So, and I mean, that, that was a, a nice little uh, warm up race for the uh, London. Is it fair to say you're a late runner? It's your birthday this week we're in mid-may i'll be fair to him there <laughs> and that you're 69 so right. you know you'll be 69 this week congratulations yeah. so how many marathons have you done um at the present time just marathons I'm not talking about ultras no no just marathons 25 to 30 i've, I've not really counted to be honest uh, i don't really keep count like that i'm I'm not going for the uh, 100 Marathon Club. Okay, I was going to ask if you were. Marathons as they come, like. Yeah. So what's been your favourite marathon? My favourite marathon? It's got to be a toss-up between London and New York. There's been some other lovely marathons. I've done the Loch Ness Marathon, Snowden Marathon, Beachy Head Marathon. I, so, I, did, you know, I did Beachy Head last year my last marathon it was painful oh it was it was brilliant i've done done that in 2005 2006 i think it was yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so 
you've done your marathons to the fact that you don't even know how many you've done which I love are you about time or is it just for you just doing the distance 26.2 miles for charity I'd like to do a time yeah I like to get under four hours if I can get under four hours in my age group I I, I will get a automatic entry the following year as long as there's not too many in my age category get through now it's used to be automatic now I think it's the first 3,000 males that get automatic with uh, their in their age categories excuse me excuse me you're 69 and you're telling me that you get like around four hours wow so what is your fastest time and what and what is your average time I know every marathon's different, so you cannot really say, oh, I got a PB. But what was your fastest marathon and which marathon was that? It was in 2012. How can I forget? Uh, and it was uh, three hours, 25 minutes and eight seconds. Wow. That was the fastest. I have done... Is that London? That's London. A couple more uh, under three hours, 30 one of them was the Shakespeare marathon. Yes, I've done that. Two loops. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So at the moment, I mean, last year, three hours, 42 minutes, I think it was. I was trying, I was going for three, three hours, 33 minutes and 33 seconds. Okay. I have to ask why. <laughs> you have to ask why. Because my number was 3,333. Okay. 33,333, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yes. And so, did you, you missed it, obviously. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. No, I, I was going for it, and then but I kind of lost concentration and slowed up a little bit. And I, I knew the last six miles I weren't going to get it, so I just jogged in like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you've done your marathons. Now, I know you as an ultra runner. So can we talk about how did you jump from a marathon to an ultra and what was that first ultra and how did you become addicted? My first ultra was the uh, Race the Wall ultra from Carlisle to Newcastle, which is 69 miles. I've done that in 2016, I think it was. Three, three years on the trot. I've done three of them, 16, 17 and eight. Could have been 15, 16, and 17. I'll get it right. And I also done race, uh, race to the stones. Yes. Uh, I've done that one a couple of times now. Have you done the Shires one in Northampton? Yes, I've done, I've done that. I've done that last year. And uh, race, uh, the Rose of the Shires. Yes. And bars. I've done them last year. What I did last year was in... February, I've done the Snowden Slate Trail Ultra, which is 90 miles. Summer Rebellion in July, which is 135 miles. Are we saying, when you're telling me about these ultras, are these all in one day or over a couple of days? No, these are over two or three days. The Snowden was over uh, two days, Snowden Slate Trail Ultra. The Summer Rebellion, it was the Glen Glendower Way, that's it, the Glendower Way. It's in Wales and it runs all the way through Wales, through villages I can't pronounce, and finishes in Oswestry. So, and I actually won that race. 
But I have to say. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. How many people can I ask? Was you the only one? <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you that, that there was only 12 in that race. There was the uh, Summer Rebellion and the Summer uh, Rebellion, there was like a half. So it's only 75 miles. Um, only. I love it. Yeah, I know. So there was, I think, 32 altogether doing, doing this race. And it was a com combination of the two different distances. And only 12 were doing the 135 miles. And, um, yeah, so I got to 100 miles thinking I was in third or fourth place. And one of the uh, organisers came to see me because they were tracking me. Yes. And said, you're winning, Michael. What? I've never won a race in my life. So actually, um, I did pick up the pace then. So I started running from two miles an hour to maybe three miles an hour. So I accelerated. Yes. <laughs> wow. After, like, I've only done 100 miles. Oh, I'll pick up speed, seeing as I'm winning, yeah. as you do. Yeah. But also, I have to, admit, I have to say... There was 25,000 feet of elevation uh, throughout this race. Yeah. So ups and downs, wow. lots of ups and downs through mid Wales. And um, towards the end of the race, on the third night, now this, this, this one was over three nights. Okay. On the third night, uh, I started maybe hallucinating a little bit. Because I, was, I only had one hour's sleep. In, in the whole of the race. So, um, so I was a little bit tired. And uh, at, uh, I think it was about mile 124, 25, I come to this farm and, well, this, uh, there was a farm nearby and there was a field full of cows. It was full of cows. <laughs> I was into the middle, there were cows all around um this style where you get over into the field and i had the torch it was pitch black i could shine it across i could see the exit yes i couldn't possibly get into that field uh, I, well i did I actually got into it and all the cows were getting closer and closer and i got 10 meters in i thought there's no way i can dash over there and get out before yes. they stampede me so i had to i had to jump out quick so i made me I had to make my way round this field, round through this farm, which is close by, through the farmyard. And uh, I couldn't get back to the exit very well. I had to go round another field, got back to the exit. And lo and behold, the guy who was in second place caught up this field and we met up. Okay. And it was so weird. Uh, I must have had a surge of adrenaline or something. Because I just shot off. I, we we said our hellos, some pleasantries, and and I thought, you know, I really wanted to win this. Yes. And because I'd never won a race in my life, so I shot off and left him behind. He couldn't keep up, and I thought, because I had this kind of shot of adrenaline, that's all I can put it down to. Yes. Or, I, I just. I, he, I looked round, and the guy was nowhere to be sight to be seen. And uh, anyway, um, a little bit later, 
I think I must have went round in a bit of a circle, got lost a bit in this field. And I think we both were getting lost and we bumped into each other again and uh, decided to help each other to the end because we had still had about 10 miles, 12 miles to go at that point. Yes. Decided to help each other instead of trying to race each other because we were getting nowhere. So we, we, it was a joint effort, we first coming first. Oh, that's good. You, did you hold hands as you crossed the line to make sure? Well, it was funny. It was late at night. There, yeah, there, 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 was, there was a finish line, but you could barely see it. It was in this car park, and, uh, and there was like this scout up, scout hut at the end yes. of the car park. And that's where the finish line was. And, you, and we went, we had to walk into the scout hut to see the organiser there who you know congratulated us I mean there wasn't nobody about it's just us two yeah first the first race you win and there's no big whoa well done it's just like you had to find someone to prove that you'd finish I must say my wife was there she had to pick me up she was there she she was the only one to clap me in So can I ask, is there a running joke with you and cows in fields Uh, amongst your fellow runners? Some of my mates, they they have a little go when it comes to cows, yeah. Because they're saying, uh, you'll see him for your, you're hallucinating again. Oh. Some of my running friends, they they have a go at me at that, yeah. (laughs) So you've done that and then you decided 2020 you was going to do a big challenge. Now, is this because you wanted to do something big before your 70th? Or what was the reason why you wanted to do, and I'll let you explain what the race was, why you wanted to do this big race over so many days? I have a number of races on my bucket list that um, I want to do before I retire from running. And I've been thinking about this race for... Uh, this race, by the way, is uh, called the Juggle. It's from John O'Groats to Land's End. It's 860 miles and you have to average 50 miles a day for 17 days. Um, so this, this race is just one of my races on my bucket list, so to speak. And um, so for the last 18 months, um, I've been thinking about it and yeah and I wanted to do it and uh, and it was all all go um, and how many of you was at the start line when you started there was only six of us mad enough to uh, start it and what was uh, the date that you started because we'll lead to what why you couldn't finish 20th of March yeah 20th of March yes so uh and uh, so I tra- travelled up on the 17th, travelled up to Scotland on the 17th. Obviously, this virus hit and it all went to pot. But the race was a go. It was a go ahead. And um, so... How many days had you done before it was stopped? So it started on the Friday uh, First day was 35 miles, only 35 miles. Second day was something like 45 miles or 50 miles. And that was on the Saturday. 
Sunday was uh, just about 50 miles. And, and then we got the news that race had to be cancelled. So how was you doing in that weekend? How was you doing amongst the six of you? Was you doing well? Was you keeping was up? Was you well. confident? Yeah, I was, put it like this, on, on the third day, two, two had already dropped out. This was on the Sunday. Two had already dropped out. Uh, they were, I don't think they, there's a lot of money. They were raising money for uh, a charity, uh, the charity, um, Kids Go Free or some Kids Run Free, I think it is, which is the charity of the organisers, uh, Ultra Running Limited. Uh, okay. If you can raise three or four thousand pounds for that charity, you you can do the race free for okay. the small admin charge. So the two that dropped out actually raised that amount of money. So they weren't worried if they dropped out or not. Oh, okay. So but one had a, a a bad foot, uh, ankle. Another had a bad back. I think it was. I'm not sure. Not sure the reasons why. But there was so four of you left as a result. Four that was left on the Sunday. So they only done two days, and decided that was enough for them. So how was you told Monday morning before you started no, or Sunday no, night? It was Sunday night. We were sitting. We we was all summoned downstairs, and we were told the news. Uh, it wasn't because necessary because of the coronavirus uh, coming. Uh, we could have only have ran one more day anyway. It was because the organizers they do a, a report and put that online on their facebook page uh, so everybody could see what's happening and we could all be all be tracked as well so and they got over a hundred i think a hundred hundred hits uh negative uh comments on on this race because of the coronavirus um, oh we we were yeah this was on the saturday sunday evening and at that point we decided we can't we can't travel uh run down to um i think it's uh down to fort william um and with all these threats and really nasty messages it the, the organisers said we, we just can't guarantee your safety. Um, oh. That was that was on the Sunday. Believe it or not, if we'd have run on the Monday, we could we would have had to have come home anyway because it was Monday night. Boris Johnson said, you know, it's all lockdown. We're locking yes. down. So we we were, you know, whatever was going to happen was going to happen and we were going to obey the but the, the fact that the initial reason why they cancelled the race was because of social media and the threats from other i take it other runners yeah yeah other runners and people just do not didn't want them running because do you feel it was because of they were worried for your safety and they felt by being in a threatening manner would make you realize or Probably, uh, 
I, I don't really know. I didn't really see a lot. I didn't really see the comments. I know one of the other runners, he saw the comments and he just shook his head. He says, it's no way I'm going to run down to uh, Fort William. Knowing now what has happened and even Park Run being cancelled, do you, you know, do you feel that was the best decision made and totally understand and that helps you mentally that it wasn't you that stopped the race? It, you know, oh, yeah, this is a global definitely. pandemic. You can see it's a global pandemic. I mean, we went along with the organisers. The organisers were getting advice as well all the time. The hope when we started, the hotels were open, the restaurants were even open. Not until the end of the first day on the Friday, or yeah, the fr Friday night, it was restaurants. Uh, you can only do t takeaways. Yes. Takeaways. So by the end of the first day, we were it was takeaway food. So okay, wasn't pleasant. To, to and it's not good, yeah not yeah. good to run on either is it really no. knowing now you know up until this point before the virus came in and affected us all i remember looking at your strava and thinking oh i'm glad that i did three four miles today and then you pop up saying oh, i've done 32 miles or plus today and you're just thinking my strava michael strava Okay, I most probably be lucky if I reach that total in one week. <laughs> you do it in one day, and you was doing this every day. How? What was your training plan up until for this race? Okay, I wasn't actually doing thirty odd miles. <laughs> um, I was doing. I was. It was a kind of gradual build up through from Christmas all the way up to uh, the race. I, I, I normally build it up for three weeks then have a rest the, the fourth week or an easier fourth week then start building up again and go even higher with the mileage and yes I got up to 107 miles one week 103 miles 107 miles um, so yeah so over a weekend period I would do three long runs 25 30 35 miles and uh, yeah, I ended up with my highest mileage, I would say, being about 107 miles, yeah. So now, yeah. you know, like the rest, everyone's lowered their exercise mileage. What, what have you been doing with yourself? I've, I've been ticking over. I mean, like I say, um, the first week back, I did go out for a, a run. I mean... I think we completed in three days, 131 miles in those three days. And I got back Monday evening. So I think on the Wednesday, I went out for a five mile run. And then by the Friday, I was coming down with this, I had a chest infection and had to isolate myself thinking it was COVID, but it, it wasn't, it was a really bad Thankfully. Chest mm. Thankfully, I didn't run for 18 days. Um, but then since then I've started running I'm back up to about 30 miles 35 40 miles per week yeah I'm just going to tick over at the moment because some of my uh, other long runs obviously been cancelled yes uh, what other yeah. runs did you have planned for 2020 well, I'm supposed to have been doing London again and then in 
July, uh, there's Endure 24 in Leeds, which I was doing solo. I was hoping to 100 miles there. Uh, in, to the end of July was the Lakelands 100. Again, it's been cancelled and that's 100 miles. And that's really hard. And then the creme de la creme race, as I, as I call it, UTMB. Okay, and explain. It's UTMB is Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc, uh, which is in France, goes through, starts in France, Chamonix in France, goes through to Italy, does a kind of anti-clockwise motion through France, through into Italy, and in Switzerland and back to France and ends up in Chamonix. So you, you circumnavigate Mont Blanc. For trail running, this is, like I say, the creme de la creme of trail running. And it's, how many miles is that? 106 miles. Okay. And I should be hearing, I'm absolutely 100% convinced it's going to be cancelled. We had a, like a family holiday booked as well, coinciding with, with this race in Chamonix. So we had 10, 10 days in Chamonix. My wife, daughter, son, three granddaughters. So it's uh, going to be a big family affair, this race. Family affair, but I cannot see us getting out of the country this year. Because, uh, I think we've been told there'll be no travelling. Yeah, no travelling. The, all these places that I've missed out on will go through, hopefully through till next year. You've got these races, which I thought the juggle was enough but no it sounds like you've got another three or four you know you have plans which highly highly likely will be next year's plans now yeah. when is you know you're going to be 17 next year what when was you planning on retiring or was you never going you know just retirement don't ever enter your head well at the moment retirement's not entering my head no i'm going to carry on running as long as i'm fit enough and able to. But are you going to carry on running ultras for as long as you can? Yeah, yeah. there's no reason. That, um, I've done a number of ultras in 2018. I've done, I don't know, have you heard of Centurion running? Yes, I've yes. Four of their races in 2018 and, and done the Grand Slam. It's called the Grand Slam of uh, ultras, uh, which was... Thames Pathway, South Downs Way, North Downs Way, and there's an Autumn 100 race. I did them, so you get a buckle for each, and if you do all four, you get a bigger buckle. Uh, so that was like on my bucket list. I've done that now, and, and I just think now I, I had this other race, the juggle on my mind, so I wanted to do that. Couldn't quite. Obviously, we started three days of it um, and felt like I could go on and give that a good shot. Whether I could complete it, I don't know. Um, but I'm going to have another go next year and have a go at that. Yeah, I'll be 17 next year. But no, I don't know. There's, there's a few other races that I want to look at. What is it about Ultra that's keeping you going? Do you like the travelling? Well, Do you like the feeling of just like being in control and can and you challenge yourself so much. <laughs> it's the adventure 
it's been in these wonderful places, beautiful scenery, um, you know, with running with seeing the wildlife as well. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I, I, last year I'd done uh, the Pembrokeshire 100. I didn't tell you about that one, I don't think. And it's the coastal path run. And I, uh, I completed that in 34 hours, I think it was. There was a 36 hour cutoff time. And it goes along these cliff tops. They're about two or 300 foot deep on, on the Pembrokeshire coastline. Uh, and it's very undulating, very, very tough. And after 50, I've done 50 miles in, um, I think it was 10 hours, first 10 hours. Wow. Then, the hours. then I fell over oh. and thought I was all right. Felt, and this was like six feet away from a cliff edge with a <laughs> foot drop. I thought, oh my word. And it really shook me up. And I, I got up, brushed myself off and, and saw the edge. I had a bright headlight because this was pitch black. Wow. You, 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 you can't run on these paths. No, no. A strong torch. And so I, I carried on running. It really shook me up. But then I could hear things. It was so magical at night. You can hear things that you can't necessarily hear in the daytime. I heard... It was like seals on the on the on the shore, because I could hear the waves crashing against the beach. So I worked yeah. far, but I could hear the seals singing whatever they do and making a noise. And that was for me that was magical. And then I looked up when I was running. I could it was pitch black. There was no uh, pollution, so, and it was no clouds in the sky. And the stars are out. It, like I say, and I heard that sound, and I thought, "Hang on, don't, don't look up. <laughs> You're like two or three feet away from the." <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that sort of I, I run for those moments. Uh, oh, that sounds magical. I uh, my peace and tranquility was absolutely dashed. Coming across, I was on the path, on the Pembrokeshire path, coastal path. Of course, it goes through farmland. And this farmer in a 4 before, has got all his lights blazing away, coming across this field towards me. I thought, what's going on here? So I, I just carried on running, keep looking. And he, he, he stopped. He wanted to know what I was doing. That <laughs> or three o'clock in the morning, you know, pitch black. And I said, well... I'm in a race. I'm in a race. Please tell me you didn't pause your Garmin. No, I didn't pause my Garmin. <laughs> oh, come on, that would be silly, Michelle. <laughs> now, I showed him my number and he was quite happy and he went off. But, but that shook me up as well. I was quite intimidated, to be honest. But yes, <laughs> when I think back, I, you, know, you know, I think back with fondness on some of these races. It's, uh, but there's other races like the South Downs Way and through the Glendale Way. It's all these races, they've got their own dynamic feel to them and uh, different aspects of them, like the hills or, or the South Downs or the, even the North Downs with all those horrible steps. 
when I'd done the North Downs Way, the temperature was 32 degrees. Oh. 2018, yeah, 2018. It was 32 degrees. It was hot in the morning, the first 10 miles, and the, the temperature just soared. And uh, a lot How of did you manage with that? How? After, after field of 250 dropped out. I'd done it in 27 hours. But yeah, yeah, I, at each checkpoint, you stop, you top up with your waters, have something to eat, drink, um, take on board some food. But if you push it too hard, I find you uh, uh, could overheat. Um, some, I have in the past been a bit nauseous, but I've been able to finish a race without being sick. Have uh, you ever not finished a race that because your body you had to make the decision not someone else i have never dnf in a race apart from the parkrun oh please tell me what happened i I pulled a muscle i pulled my calf muscle and i was out of running for about eight nine weeks so you do ultras like hundreds of miles over a couple of days and then you do a park run which is five kilometers and you pull a muscle Exactly. I called that is just the funniest thing. <laughs> it wasn't funny. It was, I, I was like, bear with a sore head. My wife didn't like it <laughs> because I was, you know, because I couldn't go out running. And yeah, I was like, I was a bear with a sore head in, in our home. <laughs> <laughs> so you are a park runner. So how many park runs have you done? Oh, I've done 198. Oh, so close to the 200. I know. I know. And I was hoping to do that, like, the week after I come back. <laughs> and please tell me, you have volunteered in that 108, oh, yeah, 198 yeah. times. Do you oh, enjoy please. volunteering? Oh, probably a dozen times or something like that, yeah. What's your uh, favourite volunteer position? Marshall? Marshall, yeah. Marshall likes to encourage people. Um, I, I've been down to Brian's spot in the, on the race course, <laughs> volunteered there. <laughs> we ha- at Northampton Park Run, for those listeners that don't know, we have Brian's Corner, and that's a park runner called Brian Lewin, who's in his 70s and is always there on a Saturday morning, cheering everyone on loud and proud. So it's an honour if he's not able to attend and you're a marshal. That's why we <laughs> say we've done the corner. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I love volunteering. I've uh, scanned barcoded as well, and, uh, yeah. So, to end this, Michael, what I have to ask is, what is your must-have when you're running, when you're doing marathon or ultras? What is the must-have that you take with you? It could be food, it could be a lucky charm. What do you have that's like, I've got to have this on my journey? Well, over the years, I've... Yeah, I do take uh, uh, sweets out with me. M and M's in in the juggle. I I start. I thought, well, you know, I want something to eat that is nice, and uh, so I'll, I'll have some salted peanuts because you crave salty foods, and I'll mix that with M and M chocolate uh, covered nuts and raisins, M and M type sweets and salted uh, nuts and I mix them all together 
and 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 I'll dip into them and eat them when I feel like it. <laughs> cake, lots of cake. Look, of course, of course. You wouldn't be a park runner if you didn't mention cake. But one thing I did want to uh, mention, I, I didn't before, was that you are, you know, you are a Northampton road runner, and I have noticed in the past year alone that there's a large number now doing ultra running. They're not doing a marathon. They've moved on to ultra. How do you feel now that you know you've got other? members in your club I, I, th I think i've inspired uh, a few people i must say and uh and, uh, and i'm really happy about that because um there was others doing uh ultras in in the club when, when i when i joined and they kind of looked at me oh a bit are you sure you want to do i think it was the first one when i joined the club was the south downs way <laughs> so yeah do, doing that was 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 good but yeah since since doing that three years ago i think i have inspired a few of us to do some longer runs yeah you oh. are the daddy of ultras that's <laughs> 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 okay michelle <laughs> what would you say to someone that's at marathon level like myself to encourage me or give me the motivation to make that next step to an ultra if you if you was thinking of doing an ultra i think like the uh, shards and spires which is only 35 miles it's not that much further than the marathon 26 miles what you've got to remember running a marathon most people kind of run to exhaustion when you finish a marathon if if you've run it as hard as you can you finish it and you're kind of dead on your legs. You can't run another step. And I used to think doing that, I used to think, how can I possibly run any further? How can I possibly think about running an ultra 30, 40, 50 miles? You have to change your mindset. You have to start running a little bit slower, say two or three minutes per mile slower than your normal marathon pace. Uh, so, the marathon becomes a sprint and compared to uh, running an ultra. Uh, so if you wanted to do it, um, you have to start doing, you may already do a little bit of walking, uh, running, run a lot, walk a little bit. Even I do that, especially in some of the longer runs and you start going uphill, you have to walk up the hills. But if you're thinking of doing an ultra you have to start i think you have to do a marathon first um, you have to build up to that marathon but then yeah just uh go for it slow down your pace and build up uh, your stamina to, to run further run longer well on that note i think being 24 years younger than you i have no excuse not to at least to attempt one so i think <laughs> i will make 2021 my year of an ultra and i hope that you're part of it to see me if i do do it <laughs> as you can tell it can cause trouble if you chat to michael williams for too long looks like i better get training for an ultra I really loved hearing about the way Michael embraces nature when he's on these incredible runs and how running an ultra isn't the race that a marathon can be for some. 
I doubt it makes it any easier when you're 60, 70, 80 or more miles in, but ultra running and its run slash walking philosophy does sound an almost relaxing and less pressured way to run. Remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review if you listen on Apple. It helps us reach more people. Thanks for listening today and I look forward to seeing you again next week on the Running Tales podcast.